Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Luke chapter 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus had been driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man, who had been mute, spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebul, the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fail. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebul. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armour in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman called out from the crowd, Blessed is the mother who gave birth to you and nursed you. He replied, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. 
The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden, or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of your cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people! Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to the Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practised the latter, without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you, experts in the law, because you've taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. How do we, as followers of the king, access the power of the king? What is your answer to it? Some try suits and smoke machines, some shouting or total spontaneity. Most of us just copy what the latest power church seems to be doing. And most of us, if we're honest, lack power. This is what many have called the open secret of the Western church. It seems to me like it's time for a change. When Jesus cast out those demons, 
He was flagging up to everyone that God has got the devil licked. God's finger, just his finger, could bind the strong man and plunder all his house. So when, in this context, Jesus told us all to pray, your kingdom come, he showed us all that we can, with our wrinkly, grubby and very puny fingers, somehow act with the finger of God. He showed us that when we ask for the kingdom to come, we should expect to overcome the devil and divide up all his plunder. What this actually means is the power is in his presence. We access the power of God through simply and repeatedly coming to the one who owns the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. God's power is accessed through humble requests made directly to the loving Father. The power is in God's presence. It is as straightforward as that. This is the true story of grace. Now, before you check out thinking, well, I've tried that, it is also worth looking at what Jesus says about the lamp of the body. What this seems to imply is that the power grows stronger in us as the presence goes deeper in us. The kind of prayer Jesus is advocating is formed by the kind of hearing that he advocated in chapter 10. Anyone, anywhere can see the power flow through them when they allow the presence and priority of God to fill them and redefine them. And part of the priority of God, part of lived prayer, is to plunder the devil's house. And so, next time you have a chance to minister in the power of the kingdom, take it. And as you stand with a hand on a shoulder, remind yourself whose hand is with your hand. Look for the finger of God and release the power that his finger carries. Don't use a strange voice or shout or doubt. Don't think about yourself at all. Just fix your eyes on Jesus, on his presence, and do what you think he wants you to do. Say what you think he wants you to say. And while it might take time to learn, even as you begin, you will see the power of God dividing up plunder between you and the person you pray for. Question for reflection. How could you increase the number of people you lay your hands on and pray for? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.